0: it's your locked on flyers podcast for monday august 15th your daily dose of flyers news analysis and high quality content that's getting caught up on flyers prospects at world juniors good stuff Your locked on flyers your daily podcast on the
1: philadelphia flyers part of the locked on podcast network your team
0: every day Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at Armiriam. I'm here with prospect expert Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes, all that good stuff. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. We are going to check in with World Juniors so far and especially focus on the Flyers prospects in the tournament. It's Monday, so we are going to name our nemesis of the week. Always a good time for me in our schedule of the show. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So, subscribe, you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So, Russ, uh, we are partway into World Juniors right now. And just a programming note, we are recording this before Sunday's games results are known. So we'll be talking about pretty much the first three games for each team in the tournament so far. I want to start with Team Canada because, of course, we have two prospects on that team and check in on Tyson Forster and Elliot Denoye. And I think both of them are having a decent tournament, but I think that Tyson Forster's tournament is getting better as it's progressed. And, um, you know, he started out with 1430 time on ice, uh, went down in the second game, but went back up in the third game and it really paid off for him
1: when you're a player like Tyson Forster, and you see that there's some really big star players even though you've had some AHL time there is still like a pecking order and a fitting in process and I think that's what you were witnessing you know early on in this tournament and I think in that game he finally when you know he got the one-timer goal that's that's more of his shot and you know Mm -hmm. and he'll probably start taking more wrist shots I think I think the confidence is there a little bit more now with his line mates. Cause again, you're thrown together with these guys. You may know them, whatever, but these aren't like your rock solid line mates and you're trying to, you know, play, you know, a makeshift system that they make up just for this tournament and you have to play a role. And I think all of those things have played into this for him. So I think he is getting better simply because he's starting to fit in more as things go on. And, you know, he's a good guy to have he's listen, He's secondary scoring for Canada. You have to understand that. That has nothing to do with him. That's just the makeup of the team.
0: Yeah, he got that really nice goal that you mentioned. It was in the third game. Uh, It made it 5-1 for Canada over Czechia, which was the final score of that game. So he scored the only goal of that last period. And for Team Canada, that was, I think, the first kind of tougher competition Mm -hmm. they had had in the tournament thus far. And to see Tyson get that kind of opportunity and take advantage of it was really good. Um, He had just gotten one assist on the Zellweger goal um, in their 11 to one win over Slovakia. So just like a very small part of the huge offensive output of that game. And so um, I think a lot of people were impressed by that goal too, because it was an absolute rocket of a one-timer and it's his bread and butter, like you said. And so I think that'll give him a little bit more confidence and maybe they'll put him in some better situations. Um, He was on the second line in, in that game, which was good to see.
1: Yeah. And I think he could stay on the second line and again, but the problem is like when you're on the second line and you're the bigger guy, you're still going to be expected to go to the net at times. You're still going to be expected to play in the corner at times, even if your shots as good as a lot of the guys on the team, like that's just a function of what they're going to use you for. So I think, you know, it's the same with like, you know, Leafs fans were complaining about Matthew Nye is not having any points for the U S but he's playing on a line with two offensively gifted players. And he's the bigger guy. That's kind of have to go into corners and, and go to the net a little bit. So it happens to all players in these tournaments.
0: Exactly. And that's a perfect segue into talking about Elliot Denoye, I think, in the tournament so far. Doesn't have any points in a lot more limited ice time. And you can see he got more ice time a little over 12 minutes in that second game that was the shellacking. So they gave the lower lines more ice time because they could afford to do that. Right. But then they go into the third game against Czechia. He only gets about seven minutes of ice time. And so you can see where the usage is coming into play here.
1: Yeah. I mean, we knew he was going to be like fourth line and unfortunately he's like an afterthought on this team. Like that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to get any better unless there's an injury and he has to move up uh, as a result. I think we also have to understand there's a rubber meeting the road here for him in the sense that in the queue, not a great defensive league, Offensive points are always a little bit higher and you can't get seduced by those because again, he's a great skater and has a lot of offensive output. But as far as playing that complete game world juniors kind of makes you play that complete game. And that's still something that's a weakness of his. And so while you're, you know, enjoying the 80 something points he's putting up in juniors, you have to also understand it's tougher sledding here. And this is something where now, He has to, you know, get past this and he's going to have to tighten that part up of his game. And that's why he's not going to be rushed into the NHL, because especially with a coach like Tortorella, he's going to have to really, you know, play some a year or two years in the AHL before he gets there because of this part of his game.
0: Yeah, and you can really see, especially you know, in his limited minutes in that game versus Czechia, just the physicality that Czechia plays with. Yes, just it was tough for him to match up, and mm-hmm. you you could see him struggle a little bit. And so mm-hmm. I think you're spot on that that's where he is going to have to spend the bulk of his time in Lehigh Valley working to improve that. But, again, that's the perfect place to do it, right? It is. So it's really good. He can develop properly, and he can work with the coaches there and improve on those things and then kind of build his complete game in a much better way.
1: Right, and that's what I'm looking for out of him. I'm looking for the long game here. I think what's also important to mention is – uh, just in general, general rule about prospects, just because you're having a great World Juniors doesn't mean you have like gone to another level in your development. It doesn't. It just means you're having a great tournament and, hey, that's good for you and it's a part of your development. But I, I think you know, Flyers fans need to also understand like when we talk about other players that we're going to talk about that, hey, um, this is just another point in the development. What you're supposed to do is get these World Juniors Go back to your team. Now this is a different time of the year, so now they'll go back to a training camp situation and then to the season. Normally you go into the season hot coming out of the World Junior. Then you go with that confidence, but still that confidence could help you in camp and everything else, and that's what you're looking for out of a player is to whatever they do, whatever medal they get, whatever confidence they get, bring that into this season and then see if you still see that jump. Just because you see it in this tournament doesn't mean it's going to happen wherever they play.
0: Yeah, this this timing is just so odd. It <laughs> I think is. We keep saying it, but it's just really, you're right. That's a really good point in terms of where they go to after this tournament. It's just starting over again in a lot of ways. Right. So it's oh, a
1: weird thing. It's not usually yeah, like that. So yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Listen to Beats watching, you know, reruns of, I don't know, Battlestar Galactica
0: well i don't know i might disagree with that i love that to start galactica but at any rate let's talk about another guy who definitely needs some work and uh that is brian zanetti on yeah. Switzerland. now we did say in our preview that they were just a really weak team and it was going to be tough for them and it absolutely played out that way he did get the only goal of the game versus team usa in a seven to one loss but he also got two minor penalties in the game and i really think that led to him getting his ice time cut tremendously Mm -hmm. in uh in the third game you know he didn't even play in the third period at all
1: yeah i think and again we all are lacking viewings on zanetti other than what we saw in camp and I've watched a a little bit of his, uh, his junior play, but he is a mostly offensive guy and he is going to have to figure out like better body positioning and how to cover some of the more, you know, elite players that he comes up against like that U S team. Everybody's a great skater Mm -hmm. They're you know, even though they may be missing some stars, there's some amazing players on that team and because he's, with Switzerland, he's playing up in their lineup, so he's going up against guys like Logan Cooley and Matt Coronado, and he, these guys can skate, man, and they control the puck, and some of them are at a higher level than what he's facing in junior hockey too. And so that's that's something else that is new for him. And so right now, this is a big challenge for him. Like this is, you know, he's going to need – you know, another really good year in the O. I think he's available to come back next World Juniors, but I I could be wrong about that. I forget his age exactly because we're in this time warp. But if he could get another World Junior in, it would be great for him. Uh, so it's one of these situations where, hey, your, your expectations shouldn't be super high for him anyhow. But he does have offense in his game and he can play a bit. But there's a lot of development that has to happen with Brian Zanetti.
0: Yeah, I'm certainly glad he will have another year in the OHL to to work on some of these things and maybe hit up Phantom's practice at the end of the season yeah. if he can do that.
1: Yeah, and that's sometimes really good at the end of a year to do that. And and that would just be again more just more playing against more professional players. That's gonna be a big deal. Because we have to remember in this tournament, there are some guys like Donovan Sabrango. Uh, has played like 90-something games in the AHL. It's it's more than usual as far as some of these guys with pro experience. Like Mason McTavish played longer in the NHL than he normally would when someone goes and takes a break, right, to go play the World Juniors. Because it's like this, he's already had an NHL season. So, you know, big difference.
0: Absolutely. All right, we are going to talk about Emil Andre and a couple of flyers tidbits coming up next but first we're going to talk about built bar
1: if you haven't tried built bar puffs yet you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys and guess what there's a new flavor delicious indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate that's right built has done it again let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture real cookie dough chunks and of course they're covered in 100 real chocolate all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it plus it's healthy for you cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them run to built.com to snag a box for you and your family it will be the perfect treat or you could find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself what's great about built is that all their bars are made with collagen protein which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You are going to love new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late-night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 at built.com.
0: All right, so Emil Andre on Team Sweden is indeed the captain for that team. Uh, We thought he might be as such because he's done that in the past. And he's having a pretty good tournament, all things said. Uh, Two goals, one assist in three games played. And in the second game especially, he scored back-to-back goals for team Sweden uh, two very different goals but both very nice like and it's good that he sees different things I like the second goal especially because it was just like a shot from the and through a lot of traffic and it's Uh the kind of thing where you either hope it miraculously goes in or somebody else can get a rebound off it right or a redirect
1: yeah that's the kind that really does help your team out when you shoot those because like you said it's not necessarily going to be your goal but somebody could knock it in i actually like these short side goal better because i just think it shows a <laughs> little more skill because no i'm not trying to be different i'm just saying it's just for me it's kind of like you short you you score the short side high um you know off a uh, a quick shot like he did and that's a really skill goal now he does have that skill there's no question and i think his puck retrieval is good too what I have been saying about him is when he starts, and again, people are getting a little crazy about, like, he's turning the corner on his development. Well, you don't know that. You just know he's having a good tournament. He also got more opportunity last year overseas, so he cashed in a little bit more on that. All that's good. These are all good things. But we have to also remember he's a smaller guy, so he's going to have to figure out his role as he becomes a pro, and I think I think he should ma- model it after Sam Girard. That's a guy who... Um, is you know maybe just a, a, even a smidge smaller than than Andre, but it's they're pretty comparable that way. Uh, I think Andre isn't the puck retriever he is yet, but he's a good puck retriever. Really solid guy transporting the puck. Like it again, you're not going to put Emil Andre on the Flyers this year, and you may not put him on the Flyers next year either. I think I want to point that out. Like it's just he's right. not there yet. But these are all good signs, and. Honestly, by the time he gets to a point, and again, with Tortorella as the coach, he is going to have to play in the AHL. There's almost no way around it. And I think what will happen with him is I think he will be like a third pairing power play guy. I think that's what, you know, he is sort of destined to do, which is fine. I mean, that's, there's a lot of guys in the NHL that work that way.
0: Yeah, and I think that getting all the additional minutes that he's been getting in a tournament like this will only help him. Because if he can play as well as he is in this tournament, averaging a little over 21 minutes, he played 25 minutes in game one, which is a huge workload uh, for even a top-pairing defenseman. Yeah, like
1: Simon Evidson played about that too, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot.
0: It is a lot. And so, you know, if he can play really well with those level of minutes, if he gets fewer minutes, but in key situations, I think he'll be able to take advantage of that on a team like the Phantoms.
1: Yeah. You know, against a team like the U.S. who has great skaters and a lot of guys with a lot of physicality because they do have um, some college hockey guys. That's going to be an interesting kind of test because we have to remember, you know, where Andre's playing, it's not as physical. It's bigger ice. So this is, you know, this is going to be a a chance where guys are going to, you know, maybe headhunt him a little bit, especially now after a two goal game. So we'll see you know, how he works with that. That'll be an interesting thing to see. And of course, yeah, we we are recording at a different time here. So you may already know the answer, but I'm just right. talking about it. <laughs> but, I'm all, but I'm talking about it simply because it's a big thing in his development, because that's something where now to lead this team, he is going to have to go through a, a very talented team.
0: Absolutely. And uh, hopefully he's done very well and we can talk about it <laughs> on a future show but you out there already know how he played yeah. um any other like standouts in the tournament non-flyers wise
1: yeah i mean we we saw ken johnson get the uh, michigan goal mm-hmm. i love the michigan goal i don't care score him as much as you can if you're able to do it do it I think some people were shocked that Johnson could do it. I still don't think people realize what Kent Johnson is. I know if you watched him in Michigan, you had a good idea, but not everybody watches college hockey. And I think Mm -hmm. even people were a little aghast somewhere uh, where Columbus picked him. But this guy could be a star in the league. And he looks like he has put on about eh, 10 pounds of muscle already. He already looks like a different guy physically, and I've been covering him every year at Michigan, being on conference calls with him, talking to him. He's just an emerging star, and so that's something. um, I have a little bias towards Matt Coronado on the um, U.S. team. He's a Long Island guy from Huntington, not that far from where I grew up, and so I've kept good track of him. Him and Logan Cooley together are magic. Like, it's just unbelievable. Cooley just – you could see why teams really wanted to get him with the edge work that he has, getting to the net, like, again, he's not Conor Bedard. We could talk a whole show about Conor Bedard. We're not going to talk about him because everybody knows how great Conor Bedard is. But I feel like Cooley could still surprise people somehow. And and that's something. And Coronado is definitely surprising people. The, the thing that's not surprising for me is he told me early on a couple of years ago in an interview that he could play the right side as well as the left as far as the wing. And you could see he really has no like somebody will say like, you know, in a game, hey, it's his off wing and, you know, he's not as good on that spot there really is no off wing with Matt Coronado, especially with his playmaking. And that's the one thing I've noticed is, and I think Cooley has plugged into that too. And that's where he has, you know, gotten some great plays. And then Coronado got that nice goal too, waiting out a goalie. So I think he's really stood out. Simon Evanson has really stood out. Isaac Rosine, a Sabres prospect, has really stood out for Sweden as well. You know, there's a lot of great guys in this tournament. I, for people that... I know people look at the score and say, well, there haven't been a lot of great games. Well, there's been a few, but there haven't been as many yet, but you know, we're getting close now to the point where like, we're going to start seeing some, some really great games, but the talent is really good. Like, even if you were, you know, watching some lopsided games, I, I implore you to watch for the talent because you know, 30%, 40% of these players are going to have good NHL Mm -hmm. careers. That may be a high number, but I'm going to, guess around that and and that's where you know it's fun I always a lot of times and maybe it's just me because I'm a nut job that I will go back and say hey remember this guy in the world juniors like he was great Well, now look at him in the NHL a lot of times it's it is that that
0: all the time you do
1: it too yeah it's a memorization point like it's like a point where you could point to in his career and say hey remember that well now we're seeing that in the NHL and that's fun for me
0: I still remember Jacob Truba, new Rangers captain. Yeah. Uh, he's the one who led the Oh Mama chant when they yeah. won World Ju- Juniors. I remember a little stuff like that all the time.
1: Yeah, it's fun. And and I was at that World Junior camp that Truba was in. And yeah, he, again, when you get players like that, that are so invested in these tournaments because their patriotism Runs really high. Like Edmondson said, hey, I didn't have to play in this tournament. I wanted to. I didn't care when it was. I feel like I need to win a medal for Sweden, and that's why I'm here. Yet, there's other players that aren't here. Like, that's just their prerogative.
0: I loved Mason McTavish's goal in Game 3 for Canada, uh, the Ducks prospect. It it was just extraordinary uh what a move he made in in that one yeah look how Um, much
1: pro experience he has because he played overseas and he's played in the nhl he has more pro experience than most do but he's amazing like he really is
0: yeah all right a couple of quick flyers news notes before we get to our nemesis in the next segment but there was an update on some of the russian hockey players Uh, dealing with their legal troubles. And Ivan Fedotov had the first uh, hearing in his uh, legal proceedings in Russia. And uh, they've apparently filed a lawsuit uh, suggesting that the conscription uh, was illegal because um, He's registered out of Moscow, and he got picked up in St. Petersburg, which is apparently like a different zone or something like that. But it's kind of a, a last-ditch effort, I think, to get him out of the military service.
1: He's not getting out of it. I think yeah. we all realize at this point it's probably not happening. It's nice that they're trying, but I don't hold out much hope for it.
0: No, not at all. All right, we will have our nemesis coming up next. All right. uh, Just another quick note. Congratulations to Scott Gordon, who got an assistant coach gig with the San Jose Sharks. I think it'll be a really good thing for him. Uh, He's got so much experience and was such a great coach for the Phantoms. And I think he just kind of has been put into some unfortunate situations like he was with the Flyers, like not really given a true chance.
1: Yeah. I mean, they've got Mike Greer, They've got David Mm. Quinn and now they have Scott Gordon. This is the start of something good. I'm telling you.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Our nemesis of the week. If you are newer to locked on flyers every Monday, we look around the world of hockey and for the flyers and say, who is bothering us the most? What is getting our goat in flyers land? And last week we talked about in our world juniors preview, Uh, that we shouldn't be too hard on the kids that they are younger players and you have to sort of treat them as players in development and you can't put NHL expectations on them right right this week for me as we've been starting our mini series on other metro teams uh, we've talked to the Islanders hosts uh we had technical problems with our interview with the Canes host, which we're going to uh, redo and bring you that tomorrow, hopefully. Uh, I think it, it's really, for me, the rest of the Metro is my nemesis this week, because it's just so clear that a lot of teams have either taken steps to stabilize themselves and stay at least at the same level. I would say like Washington. I yeah, think. Even the Rangers, you could say, did that yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. And that a lot of teams have taken steps forward and the Flyers are just stuck at having maybe taken a step backward in some ways, um, but certainly not improved, uh, at least on paper this offseason. And so that is why the rest of the Metro is my nemesis this week.
1: Well, my nemesis is uh, I am a known uh, pumpkin spice hater. and. (laughs) when it's 100 degrees out or 85 degrees out in August and some places decide like August 3rd, August 10th to start on rolling, uh, rolling out pumpkin spice. I just get crazy because it's like it's not fall. It's not even close. If you want to go September, I'll leave you alone. It's fine. But early August, way too soon. So that is my nemesis. I hate to see it. And it just bugs me and it takes up my, my big beef is um, a lot of companies that go all in, it takes up the shelf space of stuff that you really like. And they don't generally stock up on as much as, you know, let's say if it's regular Oreos that you like and they're putting in the special pumpkin spice ones. Well, they got a massive display for that. And then all of a sudden there's not as many regular Oreos for you. And it's like I always feel like I'm, I'm missing out on the things that I like because of this flavor. So I, I hate it.
0: You definitely have a lot of feelings about this. For I, do.
1: I do. Yeah,
0: I I don't like pumpkin spice but I I don't hate it like I don't begrudge anybody who does like it like enjoy what you want to enjoy but I do understand what you're saying in terms of the creep into it feels like uh December holiday creep that now starts at the beginning of October yeah instead of Thanksgiving it's yep. like the pumpkin spice starting is moving up it's and up August and up. pretty soon it's going to be July yeah. I'm
1: warning everybody when it starts to <laughs> July don't come crying to me that's all I'm saying
0: Yeah. Wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. It's of course Tyson Forster's goal for team Canada in world juniors. It's such a rocket. I've watched it probably 10, 12 times now, and he just lets it rip and it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing you take out of that shot is it shows that his shoulder is healthy. That's what I take out of it.
0: Yeah, that is absolutely a good point. All right, we are going to hopefully be back tomorrow and bring you that Carolina Hurricanes. We're going to try. Rival check-in. And so a special off-season Tuesday show. We will be back again on Wednesday as well. So send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at on Flyers. You can email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R-Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
1: I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y.
0: You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, your daily NHL podcast. Have a great day, everyone.